Well, good morning, Atridge Congregation. Uh, my name is Kevin. I serve here as the Atridge site pastor. And thank you, Joanne, for, uh, for reading this morning's text. Uh, we're in the, a series uh, specifically on the Sermon on the Mount. It's a broader series on the book of Matthew called Kingdom Culture. And uh, we're a few weeks into the Sermon on the Mount, one of the great messages that, uh, that Jesus preached. In uh, 2019, my family was on a holiday, and we received a phone call from friends who were checking our house, and they told us that we had been broken into. As they sent us pictures, we ended up feeling violated. Everything that the thieves thought was of value, they took. Our house was left in a total mess. This passage becomes pretty real when you've had everything of value uh, taken. But it also shows the difference in what is considered valuable. They took our laptops, they took our TV, they took some cash, they took our nice winter jackets, and they took a bunch of other things. But most of the things that were taken were easily replaced. We bought a new TV, we bought new laptops, we bought new jackets, we bought all the other things. It was an inconvenience as we dealt with insurance, but things were replaced. We quickly realized that there were things in our house that we saw as valuable that the thieves didn't. Things that had sentimental value, like photo albums. They didn't take those. Uh, the information on the computer, it was backed up. They couldn't get that. They didn't take my Bible for some reasons, even though I wish those rotters would have, I, I will stop. The reality is that uh, my family doesn't have much of earthly value to steal. The value in our home is far less tangible. We have memories, we have routines, we have inside jokes that simply can't be stolen by thieves. Our value system is different. They wanted things of monetary value, but the value in our home is our family. In a, in a similar way, Jesus is talking about values, and he's, he's pointing to the higher value of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom where Jesus rules and evil is powerless. He's not talking about the things that most people think have value here on earth. So I pray that the, the Holy Spirit enlightens this passage to us as to how we can live out these values that Jesus is teaching about in this passage. May the Spirit of God be upon you as you, as you hear this. Let's get into it. One commentator suggests to think about treasures in this passage as the things that are the focus of our joy. Are we trying to store up things that are the focus of our joy? Through being robbed, I found out that the one thing that brought me joy, that they stole, was actually my security, my privacy. I enjoyed my four walls that set my defined space. But my computer, jackets, TVs, they weren't the focus of my joy. 
I just needed them to get through winter, uh, to do my job, to relax, whatever. If the things of this world, the possessions, are the things of our joy, or they're the focus of our joy, they can be stolen from us. Joy can be stolen from us by others. So find joy in things that can't be stolen from you. If money is your joy, it can be taken. If being generous and living a generous lifestyle to others is your joy, that way of of seeing the world can never be taken from you. Which kind of leads us into this next part, which, which seems like a strange transition to the eye, to how we see. So again, going into some studies, it, it's not as, it's as obvious, but if you look into, if you have a study Bible or if you have the Bible app, open it up and just look and see if there's a little asterisk or a little note by the word generous or by the word unhealthy, or by the word healthy or by the word unhealthy. My Bible, my, my study Bible, there it says at the bottom, healthy implies generous and unhealthy implies stingy in the original language in the, in the Greek. So more literally, if the eye is generous or if you see things generously, your whole body will be full of light. Now, we know today that the eye is an organ that allows light to pass in to our body. But in the ancient world, there was a common theory back then that said that light passes out of the body through the eyes. And so Jesus is saying that the way we see the world is an indication of what is coming out from inside of us. If we are generous, if we're healthy, we will see the world as abundant. We'll see the world as rich and and we'll be willing to share And if we are stingy, if we're unhealthy inside, we'll see the world as scarce. There's not enough. And as a result, we'll likely hold on to tightly what we have. You can't do both. Either your priority or or the focus of your joy is giving or it's getting. Abundance or stinginess. Material money or the ways of God. You can't serve both God and money. So before we get into the, the next part of this passage, before we get too far on, into the section of, on, on worry, we, I do need to spend some time correcting something that most of us, myself included, uh, especially those of you who, who would have grown up in the church, may read into this text that I actually don't think Jesus is saying. So when Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven, Many may think of that as like a reward after I die in heaven. Store up our treasures for later. Some sort of delayed gratification. If I eat my vegetables, I'll get my dessert later. If I do something good on earth, I'll get my reward in the afterlife, in in heaven. And this concept is in the Bible. It's in Peter uh, where he talks about our inheritance being in heaven. But it was pointed out to me that that, that, isn't, that likely isn't what Jesus is talking about actually here in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, when does the kingdom of heaven come? 
According to Jesus in Matthew, it's, it's here. It's, it's now. Matthew 4, 17, for the kingdom of heaven is near, Jesus says. And Pastor Don talked about this a few weeks ago, and it was quoted even in our, our weekly email this week. It says, the kingdom of heaven is not the church. It's not where people go after death. The kingdom of heaven is the realm where God rules and evil is powerless. Jesus announced that his kingdom was now at hand, meaning it is within our reach. The kingdom of heaven has broken into our world, and a new way of life is now possible. We can experience the kingdom of heaven now, and it will continue with us after death. Experiencing God's kingdom doesn't just start when we die. It starts with Jesus. And it continues today as we submit our ways to King Jesus. So we can store up treasures in heaven that are real joy because they are the things that God takes delight in. They are the things that are part of his kingdom, his way, his rule. Those are the things that are really worth focusing on. I take joy in giving to the poor, praying with my kids, and seeing justice prevail. And the greatest treasure is experiencing the presence of Christ and sharing with others here and now and continuing for all eternity. It's interesting when you're preaching, sometimes you're reading other things and it just kind of gets drawn in. And I was, I was in the book of, of 1 Thessalonians 2.19 and Paul and Silas and Timothy are writing to the church they had visited in Thessalonica. And I don't think I would have noticed this anywhere else except while I'm preparing for this message. And this is what it says. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes. This is Paul and Timothy talking. It sounds like they're talking about a treasure, similar to what Jesus said. The crown, the joy, the glory, the presence of when he comes. What is it? Is it not you? He's talking to the Thessalonians. Indeed, you are our glory and our joy. For, for Paul, sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus with the Thessalonians was their treasure. What I want to point out here is that we don't do these acts grudgingly, performing our acts of faith now and trying to have a terrible life here on earth so that we get a bigger reward in heaven. Okay, fine, I'll, I'll give away my money to the poor, fine, so I get a reward later. Okay, I'll Get on the justice bandwagon now and share some social media post on social justice or whatever it is. We don't, we don't just grudgingly do those things. We joyfully perform our acts of faith now because the kingdom of heaven is here now. And we don't need to live like the rest of the world lives, focused on their own gain or maybe appeasing a guilty conscience. We can focus on the things that are truly important. Things that can't be stolen by thieves or eaten by moth or rust. Our value system is different. 
We do things joyfully that have eternal impact. So, carrying on in this, in this text, it relates to our fears and our worries. What's inside of us affects how we will see the world. Are your insides healthy or unhealthy? Are they, your insides generous or are they stingy? If you're generous, you'll see the world full of abundance. God will provide. As a result, you can give freely and generously, trusting that God will take care of you. But if our insides are unhealthy, if we see the world as stingy or scarce, there just isn't enough. And as a result, we find ourselves taking control, contracting and taking control of our environment to make sure that we have what we need because there isn't enough for everyone. Jesus is challenging his listeners to see a kingdom where God is in control and where he will provide. He provides for the birds. He provides for the flowers. Are you not more valuable than them? Don't worry. He will provide for you. Now, we also know that Jesus was speaking to all sorts of people. This passage has been around for thousands of years in all sorts of different cultures on earth. It's been heard by lots of different people. And I would think that somewhere along the way, there's an audience that's going, um, yeah, but literally, what am I going to eat? I am starving. Think about how this would be heard, this passage would be heard if it's read in a church in the slums of a third world country or by a single mother who's been turned away from the food bank. Literally, what am I going to eat? Jesus' response doesn't actually negate our need for food or for clothes. It simply helps us keep our priorities straight. He says, number one, seek righteousness. Do the right thing. Even if it may cost you your life, don't respond in an ungodly way out of fear. Don't go stealing from food from others or stealing clothes from others. You have everything you need in Christ. Trust in him. Put him first. It's a different value system. Righteousness over food. The kingdom of heaven, doing things Jesus' way, over our earthly needs. So for us, what is our priority? What is the focus of your joy? Is it a bigger house? Is it planning an upcoming holiday? Climbing the corporate ladder, finding a way to feed your family, passing an upcoming exam, having a good image, raising good kids. What, what is the focus of your joy? Whatever it is, put Christ's kingdom of righteousness first. Put his ways first. Bigger houses are great when they're used for hospitality and for providing shelter for those who need a home. Holidays are great 
when they're for rest. Climbing the corporate ladder is great when you can use your gifts to provide jobs for people. These can all be good things as we pursue righteousness first. As soon as scarcity creeps in, we want to show off our house. We want to go on a holiday to experience the pleasures of this world. We want to climb the corporate ladder and get a promotion at the expense of another person. When we put these other things above righteousness, they become our treasure. They become our priority. Those things become the focus of our joy. We are not reflecting the value system of Christ's kingdom. And there's a very simple word in the church that we use for that, and that is sin. So I think it comes back to faith. Seeing the unseen kingdom of God versus the seen world that is around us. So it's living a different value system of Jesus and not an earthly one. In this world, there are thieves and they will steal from you. But the focus of your joy and highest priority is Christ. The treasure they steal aren't your real treasures. It's just the things of this world. Your real treasure is safe and secure in Christ's kingdom. So even though you're stolen from, or you don't get your way, or you don't get the promotion, or you don't have the things that you think you should have, it doesn't mean you need to be afraid and only look out for yourself. We can still live generously to others, believing that God will be providing for us, and those other things just aren't as important. As followers of Jesus, we are to live out the Jesus kingdom culture. Our identity is secure as children of the Most High King. He will provide for us We have access to the riches of heaven. And like Jesus, we are called to be present, to be incarnate here on earth, bringing the heavenly reality into our broken world. We can be generous with others and not hold back because we know that this is the way of Jesus. This is the way of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, we're in the middle of the season of Lent. And the Lenten season, as Don has mentioned, is the time to focus on prayer, on fasting, and on generosity. And others are going to be talking more about fasting and prayer. And so today, we'll, we'll think and we'll f- reflect more on the generosity side. As, as we think about generosity, as I was processing this, I, I want to know that your giving as a church has been strong. Even if it it hasn't been as much as in past years, uh, we have seen amazingly strong giving through this pandemic. Many of you have obviously lived out this passage over this year. Even though your job situation or your finances have become uncertain, our church has obviously prioritized generous giving because our income has remained strong. Many of you have resisted that temptation to be stingy, to to hold back. Some of you even went above and beyond in your generosity during this time. Our, Our giving to the benevolence fund, 
which enabled us to give gift cards to our neighbors down at uh, Rainbow Housing, uh, has opened up doors for friendship. It's allowed us to do some amazing things together. Our Advent giving project, our goal was 45000 you gave 66000 has helped feed our brothers and sisters in Panama and provided disaster relief buckets for those who are in crisis. So well done. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for putting the priority on the ways of God in the midst of this pandemic. There are continued needs out there. Marianne's going to come and give a missions focus here in a little bit. The Zuluagas in Panama are, are in need. Uh, the bridge on 20th, just to highlight a couple. Staff is engaged in discussions for, uh, for, for budget for next year, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on what should be included in our budget. What does that look like? I know that people struggle when they hear money talked about in the church. There can be guilt. There can be mistrust. There's all sorts of, of different thoughts from, oh, I could never give any more to, oh, no, I'm supposed to sell everything and I'm supposed to live on the street. And I don't know how God is speaking to you today, but I'll give you this suggestion that, of, of what I do, and it's try to give a bit more than last year. It's pretty simple. Just try to give a little bit more than last year. For me, I look at my gross income and my charitable giving, and I find a percentage, and I try to make sure that that percentage goes up every year. Every year around tax season, I just look and I go, am I giving a percentage more this year than last year? Some of you have really complicated tax situations, and that, that wouldn't work for you, but how are you going to see, are you giving a bit more? this year rather than last year. It doesn't matter how you do it, but if we constantly discipline ourselves to be more and more generous as an expression, our, our, the focus of our joy will become generosity, our hope in Jesus. As you take a step of faith towards generosity, your value system will shift, and it'll change, and before you know it, your joy will increase. I want to call up the worship team now. We're going to do a couple uh, more songs. And I'd, I'd challenge you to use these ti this time to think about King Jesus. To think about Christ being your alone focus. Process through. Do you hold tightly to what you have, believing that there isn't enough to go around? Or do you believe that God owns everything and that there is more than enough to share with others? What is your treasure? What is the focus of your joy?